Hi, this is Dr. Melanie Barham with your Ontario Animal Health Network podcast. Uh, This podcast is for veterinarians on the go, and we're hoping to provide some quick and handy tips for veterinarians as they go on with their busy lives. Today, I'm joined by Christina Cooper, who's the OAVT Public Health Rabies Response Program uh, Manager. Say that 10 times fast. Um, And we're going to be doing an update on our previous podcast about what every veterinarian in Ontario needs to know about the new regulations um, for rabies. So Christina is going to give us an update about some of the new things that we weren't able to share on our last podcast. So do you want to just give us an update about what's um, what's new? Sure. So the OABT uh, Rabies Response Program provides the service of rabies specimen collections across the province of Ontario. These are four exposures that relate to uh, human and animal interactions. So we're working on the public health side of things, stepping in where the CFIA um, stepped out when the changes occurred in April of 2014. So currently, right now, we are contracting registered veterinary technicians across the province to provide this service of collecting samples. Okay, so this is only for this is only for situations where public health is involved, where there's been an uh, there's been an animal to human contact. If we're dealing with an, animal to animal, there's still to contact OMAFRA, correct? That's correct? Okay, so tell us a bit more about this um, about the technician program and you know what they're doing and you know what they're yeah what basically what they're up to sure so we are um, essentially contracting rvts to do the collections and the packaging and shipping so we're also providing the training to them free of charge that training is done online and the um, program is outlined on our website for rvts who are interested in training they go through the training process and then need to provide us with a current valid rabies titer. Once that has all been um, sent in to us, then we can look at contracting them for service in their local area. So RVTs have a choice of choosing which public health unit they would like to service. When the calls come in from the public health units, we then dispatch calls to RVTs in the roster in that area where they'll go out and do the actual collection of the animal. Um, they will package it uh, following guidelines for transportation of dangerous goods and then drop it off at a pure later location to ship it to the lab in Ottawa. Okay, cool. So how does that, so how many times have you actually had to contact these um, technicians since you got started? Currently, uh, we've probably processed close to 200 specimens already this year. Um, We have a roster built of about 85 RBTs throughout the province, and we're currently still recruiting in all areas. Um, Yeah, so there's been quite a few samples come through so far. We expect our busier months coming up as well in the summer for July and August. So there's a good chance you'll get contacted if you do sign up for the program. <laughs> okay. Um, and your response from the technicians has been good as far as, you know, they've been positive about, about doing it because it's sort of an icky job, isn't it, to take off an animal's head? It can be, yes. Um, we have had some that have, you know, felt a little nervous going out on their first collection, but once they've gone to do the first one and gone through the process of packaging, they feel quite a bit more confident after experiencing it one time hands-on. Um, but a lot of RVTs are very excited to be a part of the program and be able to contribute to public health in their communities. Oh, cool. Um, so if you're a technician and you're working at a clinic and you get the call, how soon do you have to go? Like, do you have to drop everything and run out or is it 24 hours or? So we work with uh, most of our RVTs who already have full-time jobs working in clinics or in different areas of the field. Um, we try to make those arrangements outside of the regular working hours. So we do have some collections that occur on farms, some that occur at people's private residence, animal shelters, 24-hour clinics, or after-hours clinics. So um, it's pretty accommodating to be able to fit in those collections outside of the regular working hours. 
Okay, cool. Well, that's pretty neat. And I guess it's nice for the veterinarian if they don't, if they're, particularly if they've had a patient that they've been really attached to, or they just, you know, they're busy and they're on their, they're kind of in their day. Is that kind of how this kind of came about or? Um, the Ministry of Health had worked closely previously on One Health issues with the OAVT, so they did see that there was a, an opportunity to utilize RVTs to provide this service. It certainly helps us when we have RVTs in clinics where specimens are being sent from. It increases um, our turnaround time to be able to get results back to the public health units as well to veterinarians. So it's definitely an asset having vet, our vet technicians in clinic working um, and being able to provide that service to their clients too. And one question that just kind of came to me is, what do they do for tools? Like, do they use what's on the farm or do you just kind of, do you have your own, do you have your set in your trunk or what do you do? So our RVTs are independently contracted and to provide the service to us and they provide their own tools for the collection. We do provide them with a list of what they may need and depending on what sorts of collections they're doing, whether it is shipping an entire animal based on their size, um, shipping the head of an animal or removing the brain, that would uh, give an indication of what tools they'll need. So we certainly will guide them along on that, something they purchase on their own. They're looking at probably an expense of about $150 to to pick up what they need. The Ministry of Health is p providing packaging material, so the boxes, bags, and ice packs that are required for shipping is provided to them. It's just a matter of making arrangements to pick up from their local public health unit. Okay, great. So it's not like they have to carry all these boxes and like bubbles, bubbles, bubble tape, and all this sort of thing in their car, no. pe packing peanuts. That's very good. Okay, so Christina, let's talk about what a veterinarian should actually do. So if they have a patient that comes into their exam room, let's start with a small animal patient, and it's showing neurologic symptoms or there's some kind of weird history of a bite of some kind, um, what should they do first? Like what kind of questions should they ask? And I guess let's just start at, let's just start at the beginning. Sure. So if we have a veterinarian who has encountered um, an animal who has maybe been showing neurological signs and the veterinarian feels that there may be a potential risk of rabies, the one thing to figure out is who to call first. And in doing that, they would want to assess first who that animal has been in contact with. So if the animal has had um, provided an exposure to a human um, where they feel that there may have been a bite or a scratch or a contact with mucous membranes or an open wound, they should definitely call the public health unit first, so their local public health unit, um, to report that there was a potential exposure. Once the public health unit gets that information, they'll do a risk assessment and decide whether or not they feel testing for rabies is necessary. If it is um, a situation where it has been an animal exposed to another animal, um, the place to call would be OMAFRA to figure out whether or not they feel there's an exposure present and whether they need to continue on and do an investigation um, and follow through on their end with that. Okay, so that can be, so I guess if you're not sure, just call, you know, and you think there's been some contact with humans. And so can that be something like, you know, they've just put the, their hand in the animal's mouth? Does it have to be a broken skin contact or? It should be, um, I mean, they would want to look at whether they would think there was possibility of saliva entering a wound at all or a mucous membrane. So, um, but in any case, if they're unsure and they feel very um, uneasy about the fact that it may be rabies, definitely because of the severity of the disease, we would say call public health and ask them for their assistance in guiding them through that process. 
Okay, super. So we'll post the public health numbers on our site so that um, on our podcast site so that you guys can access them there as well as on our website. Um, okay, so then they've called public health. Public health says, yes, we think it's possibly an exposure and we need to send for testing. So then did they, does public health get in contact with you or does the veterinarian, or does the veterinarian get in contact with you? The public health takes over from the point of when they, um, when they call them to report that they feel there's a uh, potential exposure. So from that point forward, then we deal directly with the public health unit ourselves. Um, so public health would call the rabies response program at the OAVT, and they would submit a submission request form to us if they felt it needed testing. We would then work on dispatching an RVT to go to the location to do the collection. So one um, thing that we recommend, or a few things we recommend to veterinarians ahead of time if they do have a potential um, animal that may require testing is um, what to do while you're holding the animal before we get there. So certainly keeping the animal refrigerated is great if it's possible. It's not always possible because of space. Um, so oftentimes we will keep them cool in a freezer. We just ask that they extend the neck and then place the legs back caudally against the chest. Okay, yeah, that, that's kind of an important tip, I guess, that so they're not all crunched up. And this is assuming that they've been euthanized. Um, do you have any tips for veterinarians that are having to euthanize a possible rabies suspect animal? I would say just follow your regular biosecurity measures. You know, wearing gloves if you're if you're worried, just minimizing contact as much as possible. Okay, and eye protection or eye protection is not a bad idea at all. Um, we worry about saliva spray into the mucous membranes, like the eyes and the nose. So, wearing some sort of face protection can be helpful as well. Okay, great. Um, all right, so that's good. Um, so then the the, vet, the technician did they call you? Did does the does the response program call the clinic and set something up? And exactly. So we would call ahead of time to let them know uh, who the RVT that is attending, so they know who to expect once they get there. And we would also ask that if the animal has been placed in the freezer, that they remove it the morning of or the night before, just so it has a bit of time to defrost a bit before the collection to make it a smoother process. Um, and we would let them know the time that they'd be arriving as well. Okay, fantastic. Now, in the event that you are, that it's not deemed uh, human uh, exposure, uh, I just wanted to mention that we do have some resources on the Animal Health, um, on the Animal Health Lab uh, website and the client protected area. So if you wanted login uh, access to that, just call the Animal Health Lab and we do have uh, videos that OMAFRA has put together so that for veterinarians that, um, that are having to do it themselves, um, so they can make sure that they know what to do to take off the head because in this, in the situation where you don't have this lovely technician program. Yes. <laughs> so certainly one other thing to mention too is for the large animal veterinarians, um, we know that you aren't always having your uh, patients arrive at your hospital or, or space to hold them there if they do require rabies testing. So one thing to keep in mind is that we uh, will dispatch RVTs to farms. We just ask that uh, if the animal is being stored there to try to ensure that it's in a, a cool, dry space and away from scavengers just to prevent someone else getting to it before we do. Um, but we will send technicians or RVTs as well to the area to remove the brain in those situations too. Okay, now in situations with large animals, particularly like um, there, if there's, you know, it can be kind of a sensitive thing if you have a, a horse or something on your front lawn or something like that, or at a boarding stable or something that. So those would be situations where I would think of how quickly is a technician usually going to get there? Do you kind of say, okay, we really need somebody quickly to get to these places because it's a hot weekend or yeah, something well, like that? Our goal with the program in any case for any animal is to be able to respond within one business day. So once we have the um, information from the public health unit, we work on trying to get that collection done the same day or the next day. Okay, and um, what does happen on a weekend? 
Well, depending on what the situation is with the weekend, it's very rare um, that the CFIA will actually do testing over the weekend. It has to be a pretty specific case. Mm -hmm. So certainly something that a public health unit would guide them on. Um, If the veterinarian felt that uh, they preferred to remove the sample themselves and store it somewhere cooler, um, that's certainly not something we're adverse to. But we will try to get there as soon as we can to collect the sample. Okay, fantastic. Yeah, and again, those those videos are on the AHL site, so they have been and they've been prepared by Omafra. Uh, so that's um, so that's another resource that people can access. Okay, is there anything else you wanted to tell us about Christina? Anything else that we might have missed or, or kind of key things? Is there? Um... Sure. Um... One thing I can just touch on, too, is a lot of people have questions about what to do with the remains after we've been in to collect. So after we've been in to collect, um, what we do recommend for small animals, if they're going to be buried, of course, they should be following any municipal guidelines um, as far as burial on your own private property. But for cremation, we just ask clinic staff to ensure that they label the packaging um, of the bag with rabies suspect animal, just out of courtesy for the crematorium staff who may be handling the animals' remains afterwards. As far as large animals, they can be cremated or buried on site right after the collection as well. But if they are going for dead stock, then they do need to wait for a rabies negative result. Okay, that's really that's actually really important information to know. <laughs> okay, because um, yeah, that could take a little while. It could take. What's the usual turnaround time on those samples? Generally, once we get them to the lab, so they're usually to the lab within a day or two. Um, the results often return on the same day. They have a window of about seventy-two hours to provide those results back to us, um, but they generally come back fairly quickly. Okay, that's good to know. Um, all right, so I guess, um, yeah, is there any situations where they would be, where the veterinarian would be calling your program directly, like the, the rabies response program directly, or is it always through public health? It's uh, to report an incident, it's always to public health. But of course, if they had any general questions about the program or how it works or how to go about um, accessing information or who they need to call, they're certainly more than welcome to give us a call at the rabies response program. Okay. All right, super. And that number is one eight four four eight rabies or one eight four four eight seven two two four three seven. Uh you can also find it at OAVT Public Health Rabies Response by Googling that. Okay, thanks very much for joining us, uh Christina, and this um this has been your Ontario Animal Health Network podcast.